Okay, Philippians 4, we got a couple weeks left uh, in our Choose Joy series. Uh, we want to extract all the joy out of it that we can. I love it. I love Philippians. I love the book. I love Paul's heart. Uh, he, he's going to talk about the prescription for peace. I'm calling this message, Killing What is Killing You. Let, let me let's say it this way. How many of you have something that you battle anxiety over? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. How many of you that didn't raise your hand aren't sure what the word anxiety means? So, all right. Fear, dread, oppression. So, listen, give me some things. Let me say a hand. Give me something that you have, have to fight anxiety over. What do, you, what, do you, what do you fight it over? Let me see. Come on. Don't, if you have to think long, don't blurt it out. Just hands. Go ahead. So, finances. How many of you struggle with anxiety over finances? Okay. The rest of you won the lottery last week, I guess. Okay. Someone else. What do you have anxiety over? What do you have anxiety over? Yes, yes, ma'am. What is it? Well, getting sick or having sickness. Either way, you know, if, if you don't worry about getting COVID, you hadn't had COVID. Let me just say that. Uh, it's something to worry about uh, if you want to add something to your list. Uh, uh, health, how many have health issues that you worry about? Or friends, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, we're human. We live in a disease-inflicted, we got more meds and more doctors and more knowledge, but, you know, are we making headway? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, you know, we certainly can't figure out. Anyway, so what else? What do you got? What are you worrying about? Yes, ma'am, in the back. You worry about your kids. Come on. How many of you worry about your kids? Let's add to it grandkids. Worse than kids. Your kids, you can get your hands around them and, you know, put them in. You can't, you can't. Grandkids are a whole nother level of anxiety. It's just like it's a recipe for, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and if that's not enough, watch the news and be anxious over Ukraine war, be anxious over inflation, anxious over the border, anxious over all the fighting and the politics and anxious over the cereal. Nobody, you know, maniacs with guns. And, and you know, they're, they're, if you don't, have, listen, if you don't have anxiety or at least wrestle with it, I'm not going to give an explanation of what I think's wrong with you, but I think if you're not human, if you're not having some struggle at some level of indifference and just, hey, whatever, I don't care, that's not what we're going for. If you love something and if you love someone, you're going to be anxious about that person at some point when life comes at them, life's hard and they're going places they shouldn't, doing things they shouldn't, you're going to fight anxiety. It's, it's, it's part of being a flawed human and living on a planet that's diseased. I would go out on the line and say that anxiety is probably the number one killer. Uh, and I'm no medical, no scientist, but you know, the Bible says in the last days, people's hearts will fail them because of fear. Fear is lethal. It, it, it's, it, and we act, it's so normal in our society. No one ever puts their head down and goes, I, I got, I got some anxiety. Don't tell anybody. I'm going to AA, Anxiety Anonymous. And so everybody be like, hey, well, that's a big deal. We all have got, yeah, look, it's, it is a big deal. And it is lethal, and it will kill you, kill your joy. The Bible talks about a downcast spirit dries up the bones. Without joy, there is no health. Uh, the, the, the cheerful spirit doeth good like medicine. Proverbs says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
So Paul's going to hit this again in chapter 4 and give us a recipe. He's just dealt with a few leaders in the church that weren't getting along and some strife, and he's kind of coaching them through that and find some harmony. Verse 4 of chapter 4, one of the famous verses in the book. We knew it as a little praise song a lifetime ago. I won't sing it to you and ruin it. But verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. Why did he put that word there? Come on. That's not nice, is it? If he'd have just said, rejoice in the Lord, you know, you know, sometimes when you feel like it, when you're up to it, if you're up to it, give me a call. You know, can you see the Lord saying, if you're up to it, be happy in me. If you're up to it, if you think about it, if you want to. No, he says, it's, it's, it's an exhortation. It's, it's not a feeling or a mo. It's like, I want you to be happy. You ever heard someone say this? I've probably said it in my preaching over the years. It sounds so spiritual, but it's really wrong. Jesus didn't die to make you happy. And that sounds so, you know, deep, profound in the mysteries of reconciliation with God and, and justification by faith. But the reality is, the fruit of that is, he makes people happy. He makes people cheerful. He, doesn't, he didn't die to make us grumpy. Did he die to make us mean? Did he die to make us judgmental and critical? Did he die to make us uptight and stingy? Or did he die so that his people would reflect him and he's happy? He's a happy father and he's a father that wants his children to walk in happiness. So he says, rejoice in the Lord. And then Paul says, I, I don't mind. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. Then he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. In other words, somebody that's happy is kind or gentle or not got to force their way, be hard. We live in an exhausted, angry, impatient, graceless culture. People are graceless. They have no mercy for people doing something, making a mistake. They have no, you, you bump into it all the time. Now, if you answer their anger with your anger, then you've got double anger. You, you've got exponential anger. But if you just say, you know, hey, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. You know, didn't, I, I, you know, but we live in a culture that, that is on edge. And rightfully so. If you took Jesus out of my life and I'm watching the news and I'm listening to the story and, and I'm trying to live my life without Jesus. I struggle with Jesus having anxiety. What would I be like without him? I'd be a, a, a psychopath. I, I don't know what I'd be. It wouldn't be good, whatever it is. Well, you know, it brings the best out of us. No, you know, pressure brings the worst out of us. Pressure brings all that stuff out of us that, you know, I want to be in control. I want to fix things. I want things to go the way I want them. I want to be safe, secure, and everything go right in my life. And, I, you know, if you get a day where everything, all the plants align, everything goes right, and your spouse is happy, and you're happy, and your kids are happy, and your grandkids are happy, and your boss is happy, people at work are happy, that's called heaven. That's not here. You got to settle for, can you be happy? Everybody can't get happy to make you happy. I'd say, well, I'd be happy if everybody else was happy. I'd be happy if my husband was happy. I'd be happy if my kids were happy. Then they're holding you blackmail. And that's what the enemy will do. That's what anxiety will do. How can you be happy 
with this going on or this not happening or this is going to happen. Anxiety will hold you captive and rob your joy quicker. You won't rejoice in the Lord. You'll be discouraged in the news. The opposite of rejoicing in the Lord is being despondent with your circumstances. The opposite of rejoicing in the Lord is being depressed by those around you that are making bad choices and life not going the way you want it to go. So Paul's going to give a prescription here. He's shooting at happiness. I want you smiling. I want you happy. I want you having a sense of well-being and laughing a little bit. I want you to chill out. That's what that idea here is. Your gentleness, you're, you're going to be chilled out because the Lord's near. The Lord's here. The Lord's here to help. He's here to bring peace. Now, look what he says. Here's his prescription starting in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Ah! Come on! Anything? He meant anything except the things that bother you. That's what he meant. Because if he knew what you were going through, he wouldn't have said anything? You mean anything? You know what the word anything means? Anything. Everything. Nothing. It's an all-inclusive exhortation to say, stop it. You don't have to live held captive by fear and anxiety, you do not have to let it rule you. It doesn't mean you're not going to face it. It doesn't mean you're not going to wrestle with it. That's the misnomer. Some people think, if I'm really close to Jesus, really walking with God, I'll never have any anxiety. I'll never have any worry. You'll have it, but will you give in and let it have you? That's the difference. It's a battle. Will you fight that which is killing you, or are you going to let it kill you? If you don't fight back, Anxiety will win in some form. Fear will bully you. Fear will stop you. It'll rob you from being a happy. Some of you could think back, rewind the tape, when you were actually a happy person. Now, some of you would like to say, well, it was this person. I was happy until this person came around and took my. No, just think, when, when was the last time you could think of yourself or others around you as the happy person? When were, when were you last happy? Some of you may not have a memory of being happy. Some of you may have been sad most of your life or anxious or, or just, just, you know, can't. I want to give you permission this morning from God to be happy, to smile, to lighten up, and to enjoy life a little bit. It may not get any better, but you can get better. It may not get any easier, but you can approach it and be easier on yourself. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Jesus said it this way. Stop worrying about tomorrow. You can't change tomorrow. You can't predict tomorrow. You can't control tomorrow. There's not enough contingencies you can be ready for. Well, if this happened, I'm ready for that. This could happen. Oh, I got this tucked away. I got over there. I've got to buy, buy and sell. No, I got Then there's the monkey pox coming around. I got COVID. You got to get it. And then we're coming over here, and you got inflation going on. I'm going to be able to buy any meat, so I better store up some meat. And then you got a toilet paper. Oh, my gosh, toilet paper could go again. What's worse than that? No toilet paper. Why does toilet paper go first? I don't know. Everybody goes in anxiety, gets toilet paper. I don't know. I may not have food. But I got toilet paper. I'll trade you. I got a roll for bread, a loaf of bread for a roll of TP. That's maybe where it'll go. I don't know. So we just all 
If, you're, if you don't know what to be afraid about or worry about, just watch social media for a while. Just listen to the news. doesn't matter what side. It's dep- Now you say, well, Jamie, you can't deny reality. But you can't drink it all in either. You can't be absorbed in the world. And if the enemy has got you so consumed with the horrors and tragedies in the world that you become a tragedy. Now you become like the very thing that you're worrying about. You become like it. You're a tragedy. You're no fun. You've got no joy. There's no witness. There's no light shining. There's no sense that God's God. He says, I just want you to stop being anxious for anything. The conference is coming. Oh, well, lightning could strike the building. Yeah, it might. You could get your staff, could have COVID, and you could, yeah, it could happen. All the what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. It's overwhelming. Life is overwhelming. No wonder people have breakdowns. No wonder people have addictions. No wonder people snap. No wonder people, if you don't have a prescription, Paul, so Paul doesn't just say, hey, peace out. That's not a recipe to overcome anxiety. That didn't work in the peace movement Drugs and peace out didn't do anything but make us a bunch of idiots. The next generation hadn't learned it, they'll learn it their own way. You're not going to find a solution to anxiety and fear and despair and dread and oppression. and You're not going to find a solution from this planet. It comes from elsewhere. Paul says this. I give you a, here, here's what I want you to do instead of being anxious. You gotta have something to do. If you just focus on don't be anxious, I'm not gonna be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be afraid, don't be anxious, don't worry about that anymore, I'm not gonna worry about that anymore. You're worrying about not worrying about that, I'm worrying about it, I'm worrying about it, I'm not gonna worry about it anymore, I'm not gonna be anxious. You can't win something when the negative. You have to have a positive. And the positive Paul brings out in the end of verse six don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, here's what he says. Paul says, I got a solution that's going to require you learning to be a prayer warrior. If you want to be an anxiety defeater, you got to be a prayer warrior. If you're going to learn to not be anxious, you got to learn to be a prayer person. Now, when he says prayer, it's a general sense calling out to God. Petition is specific. But he says, with thanksgiving. I love this. Here's what I do. When you're trying to rejoice in the Lord, and you you know you want to be happy, and you got some angst inside. Now, if it's an unconfessed sin, then deal with that. It's different. But sometimes I'll just get like, and I'll have to stop. What are you you balled up over? What are you, what's what's eating at you? What, What are you worried, what are you worrying about? What is it that at night that you're, and I literally have to name it, what it is. Now, I, I could go through all, you know, world peace and blah, 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 blah. I'm talking about being able to be specific. What is it that's stealing my joy? Because I'm concerned. That's a nice word for I'm anxious about something. I'll name it and put it in my journal. The person's name, the situation. And I I rarely get past seven or eight things. The human mind can't keep up. Then maybe you could get more than that. But if you start with the top three, just the three big bullies, 
What's the three worst but one? Just pick one. Paul says you've got to go from anxiety to action of taking what it is that you're anxious about, bringing it to God, laying it at his feet, saying, I'm going to step away. It's yours. I pull it back with me, and I got to go back. I got to lay it at his feet. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how many times you have to do it. If you're pressing into Jesus, not giving into anxiety, you're winning the war. If you're getting closer to God, he'll never get tired going, What? What? Again? You're back? We just talked about this a couple hours ago. I told you to quit worrying about it. No, he's never, he's never anxious at you. He's never frustrated and going, oh, myself, I can't believe you're so. He doesn't do those. He's gracious. Come here. Let's talk about, come here. He doesn't, you would never do that to a child that was struggling with nightmares or fears or if you're any kind of parent, you're going to say, honey, come on, we're going to beat these. We're going to defeat this. We're going to pray through this. We're going to get over this. There's a God that wants you to bring him, not just your sins, but bring him your anxieties. We've gotten so used to it. Some of you, it's almost like you don't, I don't know that you would know how to live without them. They kind of define you. It's, it's ruts in the brain, and it boom, boom, and it's just a boom, boom, what about, you know, you go to get happy, and you hear, what about so-and-so, or what about this, or what about that, and all things you can't change, you can't control, it's not something you could do, you can't bring that person back to Jesus, you can't make that person happy that you love that's not happy. You can't make that person healthy that isn't healthy. You can't produce the kingdom of God in a conference when all you're doing is hosting it. It's God's job to bring the kingdom. I can't make it happen. I can't make somebody happy. I can't make me happy. Happiness is a gift. Peace is a gift. I got to go and unload the things that's stealing my happiness. I'm not going to be held captive by somebody I love that's away from God, that's making wrong choices. I'm not going to let them steal me from being happy. I'm not going to let some psychopathic, sadistic, broken family that produces a broken, psychopathic kid that gets a gun and goes and shoots people up. It's evil. It's a broken world that needs Jesus. I can't fix that. I can say, God, help them. Put your peace on them. I can't carry all the needs of the world. It's too much. 50 people dying in the back of a truck trying to get to the land we take for granted living in. Suffocating. Probably it was 120 degrees in that truck. No oxygen. No, no water. We live in an inhumane world. Somehow Jesus had joy in the middle of it. Didn't make it the inhumane stuff go away. He went to the cross to solve it. It's not a denial. It's not, don't tell me anything bad. Don't tell me anything bad. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But it's a choice to say, Lord, I've got to learn to pray. I've got to trust you, Jesus. And the more you feel, the more dangerous it is for anxiety. I, I, I truly say this. If you're here and you never have anxieties, 
I, I worry about you. Now, I don't know what would be wrong with that. Too, much, too good of a Christian? Too much faith? Stupid? I don't know. He called me stupid. I don't get anxious. <laughs> well, you are now. I gave you something to be anxious over. <laughs> Woo! We solved that problem, didn't we? I wasn't anxious till you said I can't be anxious. I'm never anxious. I'm never anxious, but I'm anxious about you worrying about me not being anxious. So I'm anxious. I just think the enemy plays on that heart that cares. If you didn't care about your kids, who cares what they do? You don't care about your grandkids. You don't care about your spouse. You don't care about your friends. If you're indifferent and sucked up into your own world and you can't think about anybody but you, that's a whole different level. Compassion attracts anxiety. It, it, it almost says you're a, a compassion. My wife is one of the most compassionate people. She's, she just feels what other people feel. She feels when our grandkids, she, she takes it on her like Jesus did. He took our, 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 our weaknesses and our sins. He took it upon him. She, she's, a, she's a deep, deep feeler. And you can say, don't feel. That's not the solution. It's to stop caring. The solution is to carry the cares to the one who can handle it. He was never going to go, not another one. Oh, my goodness, myself, what am I going to do? He takes it and he says, I'm glad you brought that to me. I can handle it. I've got it. Paul says, don't be anxious for anything and everything. Everything you're anxious about, make it a matter of prayer. Specific prayer, not God bless the world, peace for the world. I hate that, and I get that on prayer cards. If you've said that, now you've got something else to be anxious about. <laughs> Don't pray for world peace. Really, that's Jesus coming back. He can pray for that. There's not going to be any peace in this world till Jesus comes back. So you can pray for the second coming. But you can pray for peace in your heart. You can pray for peace in the church. Pray for peace in your pastor. There's a prayer. Anxiety has probably killed more pastors than any other sin. Because you care about people. The option isn't to stop caring. It's that you have to take your cares to Jesus, and you have to have some healthy boundaries. You, you can't be everybody's anything, or you'll be nobody's nothing. You've you, you got to have a sense of perspective of, I, 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 God, I need to take this to you. Then he says this. I love this. If you get, with Thanksgiving, don't miss that. Think about it. I'm not just saying, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for your past prayers that you've answered. Think of the things. I, I love the journal victories. I just write them out. Started praying the Jabez prayer earlier this year. I started listening to things God's done to bless us in this church this year. Enlarging our territory and just praying. I just thought, God, I don't want that stuff to just whoop, gone by. Let me celebrate it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we put a new roof on and put a new roof on in Burundi. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're expanding our church. And so I celebrate. Thank you for that. That builds your faith. Then thank him that he's heard you now. But here's where I, I, I don't get here often. Thank you, Lord, that you already know what's coming, and you've already taken care of it. Thank you for blessings that haven't even appeared yet. Thank you for answers to prayers that I haven't even asked yet. Thank you, 
future that's going to give me all that I need in your kingdom and grace. Thank you, Lord. When you have that, now he says the result is, verse 7, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, you can't get to the peace till you got to the prayer. And you don't get to the prayer till you get to the rejoicing. The rejoicing is when you start to rejoice and you feel a hindrance and a tightness and a struggle, and how can you rejoice when this is going on? How can you be happy? Now, all of a sudden, it exposes what I'm anxious about. Then I bring it to God in prayer. I unload it to God. Now, I've got peace. I used to sing every night, peace like a river to my children when they like to hear dad sing. That's a lifetime ago. I'd rub their back. I got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. Think about that. There's nothing more serene than a beautiful, calm, flowing, gentle stream. It's just, you can see a twig fall into it. It's peace. He leads me beside quiet, peaceful waters. That's how he wants my soul. He is the God of peace. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to go look for it. He is it. He, it's not something I have. I'm not wired for peace. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm designed for anxiety. I'm good at it. If you can't think of something to worry about, I'll help you. Well, you haven't thought about that, have you? Have you? Have you? Uh, you, you uh, ha- There's always something else they've discovered, something that lives on your skin that if it gets in a cut, you're, you're done. There's some flesh-eating disease or monkey pox is coming. And maybe it will. I don't know. I lay in bed going, oh, nah. watch out for monkeys. Okay. I got to. And, and. I, I get it. Plagues, wars, rumor. I don't see it lighting up. I don't see it just all of a sudden, hey, guess this all get along and let's stop bickering. Let's work on what really makes our country better and let's bring some order and peace and let's take care of our needy and let's let's get the corruption. I, I don't I don't see that anytime soon. If you're if you're banking on that then you'll be happy. That's not the peace of God. The peace of God passes understanding. The peace of God is in storms like the couple I talked to in the last service that were guests that buried a a grandchild from fentanyl. And they're standing here worshiping Jesus with peace, with a dead grandchild overdosed on fentanyl. That's something to worry about. But they had to take them to Jesus, and they had to give them to Jesus. Life is really hard at times, but God's peace is stronger than the most difficult situation we'll ever deal with in our life. I love the language Paul uses because it's almost a contradiction. He says, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind. The word guard there is a warrior, a soldier, that's stationed at the door of your heart and mind, who's bad to the bone, with a sword and his hand on the sword. You want to try to come in here? You'll walk away without your head. You want to bring anxiety in here? 
I'll take you out now. We think of peace as just, you know, hey man, just, you know. Peace is God crushing the enemy under our feet. The God of peace, Romans says, will crush the enemy under our feet. God puts his foot on the neck of fear and anxiety and says, not coming in here. Bad to the bone peace. I mean, I just see that as a peace officer. He's, he, I'm not afraid of him because I don't want anxiety. Anxiety better fear the guard. Once you rejoice, find that joy, give God anxiety and prayer, he steps on duty, this supernatural warrior called peace. I don't know if it's an angel Person, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. I like to think of him as just a bad-to-the-bone warrior named Peace. And what's your job? I'm not letting anxiety spoil this believer's joy. I'm not letting fear come in here and rob their hope. I'm not letting depression and despair come and rule. This is a child of the king. I've been appointed to stand watch, stand guard, stand duty over the access points. I've got their back. I've got their future. I've got them now. I'm on duty. Peace, that, but, but peace can't do that. If we haven't first shut all the doors by prayer of turning things over to Jesus, it's an unloading. It's a, it's a, ah, if you can't feel it when you're, then you're still carrying it. You've got to feel when he's got it. And you got to feel when you got it. You got to be self-aware, diagnose your, oh my soul, why are you cast down? What's going on inside of me? What is it that I'm really worried? What is it? Name it. Name it. Call it out. Bring it to Jesus. It's in your hands, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Now come stand guard so it doesn't come back. Stand guard. Stand guard. Guard peace. Anything that's opposed to peace, cut the head off. Chop it up. Destroy them. You could be ruthless against darkness. Do you know that? God is not merciful on those things that are destroying us. What kills you, you've got to learn to kill. You've got to kill what's killing you. And anxiety will kill you. And then he says this. You're standing. Got your heart clean. You're trusting God. Peace is standing guard at the door. Bad to the bone, peace. Don't mess here. This is a place of peace. If you want to bring turmoil, division, strife, despair, distracting the joy, robbing, you're, in, you're trespassing. Get off the territory. This belongs, this is holy ground. Jamie's mine. That means Jamie's got to guard what he lets in his mind. Paul says, verse 8, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about these things. If you don't guard your thoughts, peace can't guard your heart. You got to do your job. You can't get absorbed to things that create anxiety and expect the peace of God to protect, you got to guard your thought life. You can't look at images and dirty pictures and pornography and fill your mind with filth and expect God to give you peace.
peace from anxiety. You can't be filled with thoughts of resentment and hate and, and destruct. You can't, you can't let your mind and imagination pollute your soul from the peace that God has. So you got to watch what you watch and what you listen to. And whether it's music or magazines or, or social media or news or movies, or, or it, you, you have to be careful of what's coming in your mind and your heart. And, and, and he just gives you just a list of things. You, you just basically, they're all stuff that would make stuff Jesus would think about. And he doesn't want you laying in bed imagining things that are, that are unholy and unhealthy, and whether it's fear or anger or lust or whatever deception the enemy comes to say, this will bring you joy and peace. No, it's coming to steal your joy and your peace. And then finally, he says, not only rejoice, and not only learn how to pray, trust God and have peace, guard your thought life, and finally, be careful who you hang around. Look what he says in verse 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. In other words, get some good examples around you. You can't, some people you might have to work with that are just mean people. You can't control, but where you can control things. The Bible says in Proverbs, don't keep company with an angry person unless you learn their ways. You know, I've been blessed to be in a group of pastors for almost 25 years we meet on Monday mornings. And, you know, these guys are human as the next person, but they're, they're good for my soul. They're, they're, they're not people that one of them came in one week and his granddaughter had been accidentally backed over by her mom uh, with a car and, and crushed her eye socket and, and you know, and, and we wept together and prayed. And, and he had peace in the midst of trauma. I, I've had uh, uh, just multiple issues with all of us with our kids and grandkids and and I've been able to, one of them, Jeff Swearingen, pastor of Cross Point, he, he's uh, turning his church over uh, in a couple weeks to his son, uh, Michael. Uh, Jeff's been in the ministry 30 years, and he's taken a position uh, working with a Christian organization. And Jeff's one of the kindest guys I've ever been around, humble. The only thing bad about him is he's an obnoxious Ohio State fan. But other than that, he comes in the group, and he tempers me. You know, I, I'll get all jacked up, worked up over politics or whatever, you know, and he'll be like, you know, he just has a tone about him, that gentleness we read about earlier. And it doesn't come, I don't, I come by it by being around people that reflect it. And I think, wow. And I listen to how they talk about people and have another friend, Dennis, that uh, comes and Dennis pastors Cape Christian Fellowship. He did, he founded it, turned it over. Uh, he's still uh, on staff there. He's just a rock. Uh, Dennis, just nothing shakes him. He's, he's, he's unrattled. Unless you say, Dennis, I heard you're retired. That might rattle him. But other than that, because he's not retired, but he's just no longer the senior pastor. But he's just, God's put me around some guys that are just good for my soul. I always leave there thinking, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. These guys are just better. David Comer from Christian Life Fellowship, one of the most godly men I've ever known, disciplined in every area I'm not. And, you know, I always walk away, oh, I eat wrong, I don't exercise, God, he fasts all the time. You know, I just, I just, it provokes me. 
He's helped me be better in areas. And I just have these friends, and I, have, I could go on. You pick your friends wisely. You know, I, I, I don't want to be around people that are just complaining, gossiping, not happy people. I can be that way. Why would I want to be around somebody else that's that way? I want to be around somebody that's not like me. I want to be around somebody that makes me a better person. I want, to, I want God to let his peace. I want to be a man of peace. You can't be Jamie if you don't rejoice in the Lord. You can't be Jamie if you let anxiety control you and you don't take it to God in prayer. You can't be Jamie if you don't have a thankful heart with God. You'll never be if you don't guard your thought life and pick your friends wisely. Anxiety will kill you if you don't kill it first. Treat it like an intruder in your home. Some of you are big gun people. You'd shoot an intruder all day long. You got an intruder coming into your heart that needs to get shot. His name's anxiety and fear, and he's killing you because you, you've lost your joy. You can't remember when you were at. Your family doesn't see you happy. You're so balled up worrying about so many different things that could all be good stuff. But it's robbing your soul. It's robbing your joy. Jesus went to bed every night with unhealed people when he lived on earth with unfed people, with crises going on and wars going on and diseases running rampant. And he went to bed and he slept. Why? Because he put it in the Father's hands. He did his job. He did what he could. He did what he was supposed to. And he left the rest in God's hands. The government is upon his shoulders. He's big enough to handle it. You're not. I'm not. Let anxiety turn you into a prayer warrior. Let it just rock you to your knees. Just you know, let it cause you to learn how to get to know the God of peace of the word of God. That you get to know his peace in the midst of the storm and in the crisis. And I've been able to watch that over the years of people and loss of loved ones and burying children and people and cancer and suicide and you name it. And then be able to still stand with peace. This couple I met in church with, burying a grandchild, barely teenager, and they're still standing serving the Lord. That's peace that passes all understanding. They got bad to the bone peace standing at the door of their heart saying, mm -mm, you ain't coming in here. You're knocking on the wrong door. You're messing with the wrong person. This one is under the watch care of the God of peace who will ruthlessly deal with those enemies of our peace that come to steal, kill, and destroy our walk with Jesus. I want to go into this conference a happy man. So you can pray for me. I don't want to fake it. I want to be happy. I don't want to worry about the 9,000 details that will go wrong or whether lightning will strike the building again. Oh, well. Maybe we won't have sound. I don't know. I'm thinking of telling a story to open the whole conference. It's probably the most embarrassing story in the whole book that I wrote. Some of you that read the book know what I'm talking about. And I just want to give them a word from God. We are all way too blocked up. We're all way too overwhelmed with serious. Life is hard, and it's serious, and it's lethal, 
But that doesn't mean we're to lose our joy over living because life's hard. We're supposed to be the people of hope and the people of joy. So I'd say today, rejoice. I, 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 I got to get this. Get it off. I got to get it out. I can't rejoice. There are all things you can do. Nothing here. Guarding your thoughts, you can do that. Picking your friends, you can do that. Finding the right people to emulate, you can do that. Turning things over in prayer, you can do that. Choosing to rejoice and not complain, you can do that. Being thankful, not being grumpy, not being negative, you can do that. These are all things you can do, but you can't fix your grandchild. You can't change your loved one that's away from God. You can't fix the economy. You can't fix the war in Ukraine and the border. You can't fix the, 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 the diseases. You can't do that. Let's, let that. let's leave that with God. He's never failed, and he's never going to, and he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. That's not a guarantee that there won't be challenges, but you have to face the challenges with peace, not some point I'll get through this and find peace. You've got to find it in the middle of the storm. And then when the storm subsides, hallelujah. If it gets worse, hallelujah. I've got peace guarding the door, and he's bad to the bone. Can you picture someone in your mind that if you knew was stationed outside your front door, you would go to bed that night and not worry about anybody messing with you? Think of that person. What would they look like? What kind of armed guard would they be? What kind of weapon system would they, how tall would they, how armored up? But maybe it'd be two of them. Maybe one in the front, one in the back. And you go to bed knowing that those bad-to-the-bone security officers are guarding your property. That's what's going around my heart and my head. But I got to do my part. I got to watch what I let my mind think about. I got to watch what goes in here. I got to be careful with who I choose to hang around. Some, some people I can't, I can't pick that they can't be around because it's part of your life. You know, you've you got to go to work. You know, but, but when it comes to hangout, intimate, if you hang out with friends that are come to anger and resentment and perversion and, and, and all kinds of stuff, then it's, you, you, you're not going to have peace. Peace. I got peace like a river. I got joy like a fountain. I've got love like an ocean. I got none of that left to me. And so when the enemy says, you don't have any peace, you say, you're right. He's the God of peace, not me. Come, Lord, bring your peace. He's the Prince of Peace, not me. It's a gift. Peace is a gift. I can't earn it, but I can fight for it. Amen? Let's stand up together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. I want you to be part of ministry time right where you're standing with the worship team coming up. I want you to pick, and you're not saying it out loud, nobody blurt anything out. It doesn't matter to me what it is. But I want you to pick your biggest bully when it comes to anxiety or fear. What is it? Number one, ongoing. Maybe a relentless thing you've had since childhood. For me, I struggle with the demon of the fear of failure my whole life. Fear you're going to fail. 
just not going to get you're, you're going to almost get there and it just it'll drive you fear fear drive you i don't know what it is that drives you but i want that bad to the bone piece to look it in the eye and say you ain't coming in here what is that pick one you say, well jamie i got nine no pick one just get it in your mind right now what it is that that that's got you that's stealing your joy what is it that you're worried about? What is it that you can't change, but you feel like you can't be happy until it does change? Well, you, you have to change. Just take it. Name it what it is. If it's a person you're concerned about, if it's a relationship you're troubled about, if it's finances, if it's health, none of it's a surprise to Jesus. He knows and sees you wear it. Some of you, it's shame. You're wearing just that joy robber of shame. The woulda, shoulda, couldas. Well, you didn't. And the best you can do now is receive his mercy and forgiveness and stop being anxious over it. Stop looking over your shoulder. Stop living backwards. Stop holding people hostage to their failure. Be a merciful person. You can't have joy if you don't turn things over to Jesus. Now, just take that burden, fear, anxiety, something specific. Maybe you got 10 kids and you're worried about all of them. Pick one. Just pick one. The one that you're most concerned about right now. Say, Jesus too much for me, but not too much for you. Bring it to him. Lay, him. lay it at his feet just like you would your sin. Ask God to take it. He'll say, with pleasure. No resentment. Let him take it. Give it to him. In faith and then thank him. Thank you, Lord, that you have my financial future. Thank you, Lord, that you are in charge of my health and that cancer is not going to defeat me. Thank you, Father, that you're going to capture that loved one and bring them back to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We can't make it happen, but we can believe you for it to happen. Let it come. Let it come. Feel the weight lifting of anxiety. The stuff you're carrying that you never were meant to carry, you're not designed to carry, give it to him. The Bible says cast all your cares, your anxieties, your fears, cast them all on the Lord who's the one who cares for you. And then, Lord, let his peace come. Lord, as we sing this song, would peace come unexplainably as a warrior, as a soldier, as a security, stand at the door of our minds and our hearts and say to anxiety, do not come in here. Come, Lord, surround us with that delicious sense of, a beautiful sense 
of your security, of your peace. Breathe peace on your children. Some of us have forgotten what it's like to just feel happy. No reason, just happy. Restore that happy heart. Boy, I see some of you as children that you loved life. You were filled with life. You laughed, you shined, you enjoyed, and it's been taken from you. Jesus wants to give it back. He restores the brokenhearted. He returns the joy. The Bible calls it the oil of gladness. It's a shepherd puts that oil on his sheep, healing. Lord, would you anoint us with the oil of gladness. Restore laughter to our hearts. Restore joy as you take away anxiety, fear, despair. Come, Lord.